If you have a Bible with you this morning, I would like you to turn to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, and we will be looking at verses 26 through 29. Matthew, chapter 26, verses 26 through 29. We are in a year-long series on what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. We took a little break for Local Evangelism Month, although Local Evangelism Month focused on this very same subject. But what I want to do this morning is I want to take another look at the importance of the Lord's Supper for a disciple of Jesus. And so I'm going to take what I shared with you back in October and build on that this morning. I had some good helpful feedback from some of you after October communion. Some of you saying to me that you know it is good every once in a while for us to just go back and review what is the meaning of the Lord's Supper and why is it important. And so I thought during this series would be a good time to spend a couple of devotional times on this. In Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is celebrating the Passover supper with his disciples. So that's the context, that's the scene, that's the setting. They're celebrating Passover together. And Jesus says in verses 26 through 29, or we read in those verses, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Well, our first point this morning is the beauty of the beauty of the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper has been designed by God to be an important part of the life and worship of a disciple. So if you are here this morning and you identify yourself as a disciple of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, then communion ought to be a time that you anticipate and celebrate with great devotion and seriousness. It's kind of that two sides of the same coin. We are celebrating and rejoicing, and yet we are serious about what this means. And so communion, the Lord's Supper, is to have a central place in a true Bible-teaching church. And we must be very careful that we never take the Lord's precious table for granted, ever. God forbid that any of us would come to a communion service and just go through the motions. Oh, I've done this so many times. I know the routine. God forbid that we would ever approach his sacred table in such a manner. Now, let me review very briefly with you what we looked at in October. I shared with you from 1 Corinthians 11 that communion is unique at one sitting, we look back, we look forward. 
And in light of these two perspectives, we examine ourselves in the here and now. Communion is so amazing. When we share the bread and the cup together, we are looking back at the substitutionary death of Christ on our behalf as the sacrifice for our sins, as the one who fulfilled and accomplished our salvation. But not only do we look back, but we look forward. The Apostle Paul said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So there is that sense in which we are also looking for the return of the Lord. And as we look back and as we look forward, we examine ourselves in the here and now. There ought to be the sense every time that we take communion together that we are saying to ourselves or that we are praying to the Lord, Oh Lord, I need you. I desperately need your grace and your mercy and your kindness. Every minute of every day of my life, remind me that apart from Christ, I can do nothing. And communion does that for us. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight, Paul says, Everyone, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So think of it with me this morning. We celebrate the Lord's Supper because we have been delivered from death and hell. Because we are looking forward to our Savior's return. And because we are in desperate need of daily grace. So we do all three of those things. We look back, we look forward, and we examine ourselves. Well, our second point this morning is two additional thoughts. So I want to use this communion time to add two more aspects, two more perspectives to why we, as the people of God, celebrate the Lord's Supper. First, or what would really be our fourth thought, as Jesus observes the Passover meal with his disciples, he elevates it proclaiming that it ultimately represents his coming death. I want you to try to get the picture. Jesus is celebrating this with his disciples in the upper room. They are celebrating the Passover. They are celebrating the Israelites' exodus from Egypt. They are celebrating that time when the tenth plague came upon the people of Egypt as their punishment for what their leadership did to the people of Israel. And the death angel came through all of Egypt, killing the firstborn of the Egyptians. But the Israelites were commanded. They were all commanded, every family, to take a lamb and to kill the lamb and to take its blood and to apply that blood to the door frames of their houses. And if they did, then the death angel would pass over them, from which we get the term Passover, they would be passed over and their firstborn would not die. And they are remembering this in the upper room. And Jesus, in this momentous occasion, identifies himself as the ultimate final Passover lamb. It is, he is establishing a new covenant. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand. Jesus is not changing the Passover he is fulfilling it. He is explaining it and interpreting it to them so that they see that he is the final, once for all, lamb to be slain. 
He is the ultimate purpose of the Passover, and he identifies himself as so. And in verse 26, we read, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. I want you to think of, with me. This is the first time this has been said. And Jesus says to them, This is my body. I am the Passover lamb. I am the final, once for all, given over for you, Passover lamb. Take, eat. Take, eat to remember that this is my body. And in verses 27 and 28, And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. His blood is the blood of the Lamb. It would not be applied to the door frames of houses anymore. It would be applied to the hearts of those who come to know him as Lord and Savior, who receive him as their salvation. It is a new covenant. His blood is now the blood applied to us so that we will not ultimately die Oh, we will pass from this world, but we will not be condemned. We will not to eternal damnation. For he has spared us, and damnation will pass over us. So, try to get this sanctified, holy picture. The Lamb of God, who takes upon himself the sins of the world, planned and instituted this meal, so that his church would worship together as they eat and drink together. And I want you to see this morning that this is his supper, his meal. He instituted it. He planned it. And that is why we call it the Lord's Supper. This is not just any meal. These are not just any elements. This is Jesus' meal. This is Jesus' supper. And that is why the church, all these years, up to this very day, continues to refer to it as the Lord's Supper. Which leads us into our next item, which would be the fifth perspective or thought on communion. And that is this. Each time we eat of the bread and drink of the cup together, we are rejoicing in the fact that we are a new community, the body of Christ. Every time we come together to celebrate the Lord's Supper, we should be reminded that the bread and the cup are a symbolic proclamation of the gospel itself. It is this gospel that not only saved us, that not only saved us, but made us one new man, Jew and Gentile, brought us together as a new community, as the body of Christ. We are now, miraculously, supernaturally, we are the church. We are bound together with one another in communion. The Lord's Supper reminds us of that. We are to love one another in the context of the church. We are to care for one another. We are to encourage one another. We are to bear one another's burdens and all of those other one another commands. In the New Testament, communion, the Lord's Supper, reminds us that we are 
the community of Christ, the body of Christ. So, as I have shared with you before, I was never saved to be alone. I was saved to be a vital part of the family of God, excuse me, which we call the church. Communion reminds us that we are the church. And we long for a day when we celebrate this, when we are going to celebrate it again with Jesus himself. We won't be in the upper room, we'll be in heaven. Every believer in Jesus Christ should be looking forward to the great marriage supper of the Lamb that is described in Revelation chapter 19. The Apostle John said, blessed is everyone. Blessed is everyone who is invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. In heaven, as the redeemed saints of God, we will eat and drink again in person with our Savior, which helps us to understand verse 29. Verse 29, Jesus says, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day, until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Oh, what a day that will be. You know, there is a debate about communion that has been out there for a long time and will probably never be fully resolved. That debate among believers is, is it okay... Is it okay to share the Lord's Supper outside of the church, outside of the context of the church? In other words, could my small group Bible study share communion together? Or could my family get together in our home and share communion together? Or should it just be done in the church? And there are pastors and theologians that come down on both sides of this issue. Some say, yes, it can be because there is nothing that strictly forbids it in Scripture that forbids it from being done other places than the church. Others come down on the other side and say that it should only be celebrated within the context of the gathered church, and they will say this last part is what we tend to forget, that the Lord's Supper is designed by Jesus to be a very special part of his church gathered together. I was reading a couple of articles just this past week from Nine Marks Ministry, a ministry from where we uh, gather a lot of resources for our church to use. And two of the men that write for Nine Marks argued very strongly that communion should never be celebrated, should never be taken outside of the church because when we do we miss the whole point that communion is to be a proclamation of the gospel for the church gathered it is where the church in all of its aspects where there are elders and there are deacons and there are redeemed people gathered as the body of Christ being reminded through the bread and through the cup that we were not just saved we were saved to be part of the family of God and we examine ourselves in light of the fact that we are part of this amazing, redeemed, born-again family called the church. Now, my goal is not to get into that debate this morning because it is a long one, but rather to say this. When we share communion together, I hope we all agree 
that it should remind us of the importance of the church, that we are doing this together. We are brothers and sisters who have been saved by the body and blood of Jesus. And he has made us one new living organism that is his witness to the world, not only in St. John's, but in Mozambique, in the Kora Valley. We celebrate together as the church. We proclaim together as the church that we are the people of God and we want his gospel to go forth to all people. Well, let's think of these five things as we think about communion, both now and in the future. We look back to the death of Christ. We look forward to the coming of Christ. We examine our hearts. We examine ourselves as we take communion. We always remember number four. We always remember that this is a supper, a meal that Jesus himself planned and instituted. It is the Lord's Supper. It is Jesus' meal. And fifth, we remember when we take communion that we are the body of Christ. We have become one new community in him. We are the church gathered celebrating his meal together. At this time, we are going to share the Lord's Supper together.